Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, yo, when I spit bars in a rave, man, I go hard like Santan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cop and Fracas, powered by Social Media Group. I am your host, Chris. It is the two-man power trip this week. Uh, I am joined by Mr. Julian, um, where we're going to be running through the weekend review for all things LFC. Julian, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good, you know. We're moving like Stone Cold and Triple H after WrestleMania 17. We're coming for all the titles, you know. Chris is the um the the current WWE champion, you know. I'm just Triple H. I'm trying to play the game, get my Intercontinental, <laughs> move forward with the tag team soon. Two man power trip. Let's do this, bro. We've got to do it, man. Uh, it's how we roll. Um, yeah, very underrated tag team as well because they were, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Triple H's injury, they were going to dominate for a long, yeah. long, long period of time. So, yeah. And Stone Cold was getting a bit pissed off with his storylines as well. So, you know what? They could they could have done... You know, this is not the right podcast for this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, if you are interested to learn a little bit more about that, it's definitely worth a Google. Um, uh, but yeah... Um, if you do like what you're hearing from us here at Cop End, uh, please do head over to the Patreon page and subscribe today. Just from as little as £3 a month, you get access to a whole lot of Cop End goodies, Cop End shows, Cop End writing, Cop End video. It's all on there. Um, a lot of stuff from myself, a lot of stuff from Julian, a lot of stuff from all the various casts and characters of members that we have on Cop End is all available on the Patreon page. So do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash copyofracast and sign up today if you're watching on the youtube i am calling it the youtube because i'm no 30 so i have to behave like an old man um, <laughs> then please do hit the subscribe button hit the alert button to be um alerted for when all new content becomes available not just up but all new content from around the touchline media group becomes available obviously court side will be heating up with a lot of the free agency in basketball in the draft this week ringside will be heating up with a lot of the fight schedule for over the summer and of course football will be back in less than a month's time so now is the perfect time to get in and watch all the club pods to and to get in on all the ensuing madness as it starts in a few weeks um so let's start off, Julian. Um, it's been a been a weird old week, in all honesty, uh, because yeah. literally nothing has happened. Um, in... <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that really a weird week in the summer in the summer of Liverpool? Let's be honest, Chris. We're we're we're, 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 we're friends here, you know. We're we're we're, kind, we're gentlemen. Let's talk like gentlemen. Is this really <laughs> quiet? <laughs> is this really a quiet week in the summer of Liverpool, or is it just a, a normal week? That we have in the summer until fireworks go off. <laughs> this fit, yeah. This feels like the normal week until the last week of the window, where somehow yeah. for some reason we bring in two players that we all knew were signing all along. Uh, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on because I know you've got a lot of good thoughts and opinions on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. It always feels years gone by in Liverpool summers that always something was happening there was always some elongated transfer thing going on um even someone wanted to leave something was happening within the squad but everything's just fairly either boring or sort you know what you know what and <laughs> I feel like you know what even myself with the whole um the NWO stuff which we'll get into and my um, apprehension <laughs> FSG and and you know their their inactivity in the transfer window. I must admit though, um, let's be honest, we're in the best place that we've ever been going into a pre going into a preseason as you know with a squad like we have a we have a we I feel like we have a squad that is without a shadow of a doubt going to compete for the league next year. There's there's yes. a certain calm 
if if you've noticed, like even the way that like, we're training, um, even after we won the league, I felt like obviously with COVID and the whole pandemic and how things are going to turn out, um, we didn't really there was a, there was a sense of uneasiness in the club. But as crazy and as 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 we're going on, you know, as fans to push the club to get a transfer done, I've got to be honest, like everyone looks steady, everyone looks calm, everyone looks fit and ready. Um, the, the the squad looks happy. Um, we look like we're you know uh, everyone's everyone's it feels like everyone's actually kind of they're 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 a bit closer from what I can see. Like you see how you know um, Van Dyke is going up to Robo hugging him because he probably hasn't trained with him properly in in a while. You see how yeah. Van Dyke is trying to get and that all the defenders are giving Kanati a bad time um, already um, through preseason. <laughs> You see, like how, like ever, like Fabinho just, um, Fabinho just making jokes about the Scouse accent and you know other and other players. Like I don't know, yeah, it feels calm. Like I've got to admit, like as, as negative as negative as has been, and you're probably surprised by this. It feels very, very calm right now, and that's the best pace we should be at right now. This is the weird thing, though, because you, you say you, you say negativity, I say it's caution. I think it's caution to the wind more than anything, because mm-hmm. I actually, I don't actually see you as a negative person. Uh, in in the group because Me? there are neg- no. nah, cause, because because there are negative people in that group, but sure. I don't see you as a negative person. I see you as not a realist, but someone who is cautious of all the situations that are going on around him, um, yeah. which I think you have to be in this day and age. But no, I think you're completely completely spot on. Um, yeah, the Fabinho thing was pretty funny. He went, "Do you want some chicken, lad?" Which was that um... <laughs> <laughs> like, I really like for the first time in a while. And you can probably attest this as well. Like it feels like we kind of like know and love the squad a bit more. Like you know, we we, we like in previous Liverpool squads, we've never really had that kind of between the players and and us. Even though Liverpool's a, a, a so a very sociable city and we're a family club, we never really got to know some of the players because there was always that feeling of a, a, our star players always being unsettled or ah yeah. uh, they could be leaving this summer. You know. Obviously, social media was a factor before, but this time around, it feels like you know we've got a genuine grip on all of our players. They all want to be here. They all want to try their hardest, even though there's some players that don't want to leave. Um, they all want to try their hardest. They all commit <laughs> to the cause. So yeah, man, it's not it's not if it, as as much as a, a transfer inactivity away, it, it feels calm. It feels calm. I like it. Yeah, it is. It is not. It is a good group of lads that are all kind of like intertwine in this journey with each other and they all want to work towards that common goal which is you know being back on the top of the summit either winning the league or getting back and winning the Champions League as they've done previously before um, good one segue there we can go into um, onto social media um, I thought it was really interesting Ginny um, Wijnaldum at the weekend um, where he was stating I think people took this the wrong way as people on the internet tend to take things as they don't read full stories and they only do clips um, I mean I come on let's be real like people are not trying to sign up to the athletic to get the full full story they see the headline yeah. Liverpool fans were <laughs> abusing me and they just go with it like come on man let's be honest <laughs> oh, you want abuse I'll fucking give you some abuse <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, obviously some good, some comments from Genie One Album um, as he you know, was unveiled uh, officially as a Paris Saint Germain player this week, coming back off his uh, preseason holiday. Um, he talks about the tone changing um, when he was at Liverpool. Um, I'm going to read the the, uh, the quotes that are coming from the, the the article on the Guardian. Um, if I can get to the right point. There was a moment, there was a moment when I didn't feel loved and appreciated, he says. Not my teammates, not the people at Melwood. From them, I know I can say they all love me and I love them. What you lived here. It was not from that side, more the other side. As we know, Genie definitely wanted to stay a Liverpool player and he was doing everything in his power to to remain a Liverpool player. And we know the full reasoning um of him not being at the club anymore, due to the fact that it is, you know club policy to kind of not give big extensions to players who are going over 30. This one seems like it probably could have made an exception with him being uh, yeah, a fairly yeah. key player. We'll, get, we'll definitely get into that because we, we, we've got time. It's just me and you, so we, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure, man. Um, I have to say, also, there was social media, one album says. When it went bad, I was the player who they blamed that I wanted to leave. Every day in training and in the games, I gave everything I had to give, had to bring it to a good end because during the years, Liverpool meant so much to me and because of the way the fans in the stadium would make him, would treat me. My feeling was that Liverpool fans in the stadium and the fans on social media were two different kinds. The fans in the stadium always supported me, even when they came back after the lockdown COVID. 
already knowing that I was going to leave, they supported me. In the end, they gave me a great farewell. On social media, if we lost, I was the one who got the blame. There was a moment where I was like, wow, if they only knew what I was doing to stay fit and play every game. Other players might have said, okay, I'm not fit. You get players in their last year who are like, I'm not playing because it's a risk. I did the opposite. I didn't always play good, but after the game, I could look in the mirror and say, I gave it all. I trained hard to get better. Even with the physios, I took the most possible treatment I could get. I cannot remember when I had a day off because I played so many games and basically it was too much for the body, but I did everything to stay fit. Mm. So it just brings up that conversation. And I think it's a very fair conversation and one that does need to be had about the way fans conduct themselves on social media. Um, and I think there was a really good there was a really good piece earlier in, uh, across the weekend from Melissa Reddy where she was saying that one album's words need to be taken very seriously because as we saw from Jamie Carragher when this came out, he was very reactionary to it where he basically told him to log off and not read the yeah. comments. Yeah, that's an idiot. Um, Which, yeah. Uh, so... I, 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 this is how I feel about. I, I, at the end of the day, um, let's let's put a blanket statement out there. No player deserves to look into their comments and see abuse and see comments of them. Especially to be honest, Genie Bignardum, who, to be fair, even though I have my criticisms of him, I've been very vocal of the fact that he's been one used probably a, a bit too much, and two, he's he's always there. That's one thing I always give him. He's always a player that's that's on either in the squad, on the bench, or more more that nine times out of ten on the pitch. So that's what one thing I always give him. Like he's an elite athlete. Like we've always said this. He's a proper, you know, you can tell that he's the way the way that we've used him, um, his attributes, his physicality. He's he's someone that really looks after his body. And as an athlete, I really, really appreciate that. Um I really, really appreciate that. So again, I, I do feel like Liverpool fans Especially, you know, you shouldn't you, like we can be v- a very nasty batch. Let's be honest, uh, Chris. I mean, we've, we spoke about this um, in private. Oh, bro, yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those things where there's there's nasty bastards in every single fan base. Let's not get get to get twisted. But I think some of the people who are within the Liverpool fan base um, do have a bit of a extreme approach yeah. to how they do things. It feels very like there's criticizing, and then there's there's a way of of it feeling very malicious. And very personal, yes. which I feel like Liverpool fans are very guilty of in in in, in a lot of cases. Um, but to counteract that, um, I, I, and to be fair, I don't think he's actually referring to this. I do think feel like fans deserve deserve a right to you know voice their opinions. Like if I'm, for example, tweeting that you know Genie had a shit game today. Um, I, obviously, it, you know you should I, I, like in, in reality, I shouldn't really be using like vile like not vile words, but like you know harsh words. Like to the point of uh, where is um, swearing um, to describe someone who's you know putting ninety minutes on the pitch, but you know sometimes frustrations do get the best of you. We tweet at two hundred miles an hour. We treat with our emotions. So yeah, sometimes you know you you might not get the best criticisms um, on on any page to be honest. But yeah, man, like that whole you going into a literal player's comments and dropping um, uh, hate. Sometimes even racist, um, racist remarks we've seen over um, in, in, in regards to the Euros is that yeah, you're just you're just, you're just a piece of shit to be honest. Like let's 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 just put it yeah, yeah let's let's just put it um like you can have your you can have your opinions in the group chat because God knows we do. Like um, there's some players in the group chat that you know you even yourself as a very rational, fair guy will get onto, but in private, not not in a very malicious way. They'll just be like, yeah, they played shit, they were horrible today, but. Yeah, man. Uh, no player or no human being even should be subjected to having to be told. And this is where we'll get onto Jamie Carragher. Yeah, just turn off your phone. You know, it's all yeah, you know, it's all right. Like these players are human too. Like allow it, bro. Like, could you imagine what you would have seen if you was playing um, while you, when, when when in, in your heyday? So so, so, so let's let's let's, <laughs> see, let's 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 set the scene here because um, there's two specific instances I can think where you'd be getting absolutely flogged. No flogged. Um, 2000, <laughs> North London, 2004. It's a sunny, bright afternoon. Thierry <laughs> is peaking form. Number 14 on his back. Slaphead, gloves, long sleeve. Jamie Carragher's in the hybrid, is in the hybrid corridors, just looking at this six foot two goddess, a god, not even god, god of a man. And he knows he's about to have a long day. Could you imagine? What his Instagram and Twitter would look like after seeing that. 
Imagine the, compil- imagine the compilations of him getting absolutely done, and he got shredded by one guy. By one that's guy. Not, that's not even to mention the Drogba's, the Cristiano Ronaldo's, like I've to Nani's. I've seen him get twists up before, and he's one of he's he's a, he's a top top LFC legend. So for you, maybe because you know ignorance is bliss, and to be honest, I. I'm a man that you know. I'm I'm all for people making mistakes and just learning from. Them. Hopefully, he can learn from such a stupid comment and he has, and he has some reflection and possibly like apologize to Winyard for what he says. Because trust me, trust me, Jamie. If you in your heyday had Instagram and Twitter, I promise you, you wouldn't have made it to. You wouldn't have made it past um, Istanbul. You wouldn't have made it to Istanbul. I gotta be honest. We're, like, look how we're ripping guys like Nico Williams. And let's be honest. Like, you you now, to be honest, I was too young to watch Jamie Carragher when he was, like, coming up, and you probably have more knowledge than me, but let's be honest, he wasn't a highly touted def- highly touted defender, and maybe Duf was had some points when he said, yo, if he wasn't from Liverpool, <laughs> God knows where you'll be. God knows, but big up Jamie Carragher, love what you've done for the club, Liverpool legend, of course, but use your brain, man. Just use your brain and have some empathy for, some, for these modern players. Maybe because you don't know the backlash when it comes from after a game, but Use your brain, man. Have, have some empathy. Uh, I, got, I do have to kind of give a bit of shout out to Carragher because he gave, <laughs> I received the signed shirt uh, from him for my 18th birthday. Um, so <laughs> that, but um, but yeah, man, um, he's definitely a footballer who made the most of his limited ability. I think he'll be the first person to kind of do that to to, to admit that um, to an extent. Um, this is a guy who is playing right back and centre back and defensive midfield for you know large p- parts of his career before you know eventually did set settle into that centre back role. So yeah, and I, I think it's it's kind of an age gap as well, really. Um, yeah. You know, I think he's definitely from that generation where you know okay, just just block it out, ignore it, and just get on with it, kind of thing. You know, r- that the, the run until it earth generation, um, yeah, yeah. as we kind of like like to call it sometimes. But it's completely different, and you got to look at the you got to look at the situations and circumstances that Wilder find found himself in when he's getting this abuse as well. Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't live with his family. He, well, he didn't live with his family whilst he was in Liverpool. I think they were still living in um, the Netherlands, I think. Anyway, I could be wrong there, but I remember reading something about his family being yeah. far away. I, I know that um, I that was one of the factors that played um, that played a role in even last season when there was speculation that he wanted to leave, that he wanted to be closer to his family because I don't think he lives with them. Uh, they might have not liked living in Liverpool, but you could, yeah. Well, Fair. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those things as well where you want if your family's settled in one specific area, you might just not want to have them move. So I mean, you know, they're probably settled in the Netherlands whilst he was playing for PSV um, and Feyenoord. Obviously, then yeah. he moves to Newcastle. It's one of those ones where like well, I don't particularly want to bring my family to Newcastle, so I'll leave them in Netherlands. And then obviously, a year mm-hmm. later, he's gone straight to Liverpool. So and, it's one of those and, things where you just want to co- don't want to cause disruption. Yeah, and to be honest, um, this is a, a conversation outside of football. Like, as Britain, as a, a, a British people, we kind of see our country as the holy grail of our. Uh, if you move here, <laughs> it's the best yeah. thing in the world. Like, he, it's not like he was in, you know, Afghanistan <laughs> or any war-torn country. He was in the Netherlands, a pretty like amazing country to live in. In terms Bloody of nice, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Education-wise, I can guarantee if he played football there, he wouldn't be getting abuse like he's getting over here. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty good country. So I can understand um, his family's reservation in not wanting to come to Newcastle and then to Liverpool from wherever they was in Netherlands. So yeah, man, um, he made yeah he wanted to be close to his family. Maybe they might move to Paris with him. Who knows? I think they have actually, um, or maybe they're just on holiday together. I'm not sure. But yeah, man, that plays a role as well. You're in a like this is a this is when uh, this doesn't this doesn't come up with a lot of footballers as well. And we've seen this when uh, Ravel Morrison was getting interviewed by Rio and a couple of other footballers that have come out and said that. Um, Zaha as well. Um, that's come out and said that you don't. You, um, people, a lot of people don't understand. Like these footballers are human as well. Like a lot of these footballers, yeah. like go, that go training, go home, and some of their families are not with them. Their family lives abroad or a couple of hours away, but they're not always going to be around them. So that, yeah, when he's alone, like when he has, when he's alone with his own thoughts, and you know he has his phone with him and he's just looking for his Instagram, and then immediately as he po- as he posts a picture saying thank you to the fans for you know and um, putting um for or whatever or you know just given a general picture and he just looks five minutes later and he's seen, oh, you a shit, you a shit. And he has no family, no wife to console, no daughter to just like pet or baby to just hold when, to take his mind off things. It's going to affect him, man. Like, 
let's be real, man. Like Jamie Carragher, that was so poor from him. Like maybe you've had the luxury of having your whole family around you, being in the country that you live in, the city that you were born in. People don't have that luxury. So the fact that Jamie Carragher had that opinion and just told him to just like, yeah, switch off your phone. It's, it's ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. It's, re- it's really stupid. I think uh, it's really stupid as well when you think about the current situation we found ourselves in the last 18 months with, you know, COVID lockdowns, him yeah. essentially what he, his, his, his whole job was taken away from him for the better part of what, three months? And then his entire job again, like you said, it was, I got I got to go to training and then come straight back home. There's no being able to go out to restaurants, go being able to do fun stuff. I may, may, maybe he likes to go and play golf, I don't know, something like that to kind of unwind. He couldn't even, even do that. Even 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 the fact that forget even the activities, even to even be like we had both of me and you had a luxury of at least if we were in the lockdown period, especially, we had our families with us. He probably couldn't have that. And I'm not sure what his situation was, but he probably couldn't have um for a good couple of months to be around his family because they, they had to be in iso- um, isolation in Holland and he had to be in Liverpool. Um even probably just true because he's a elite athlete who gets paid you know, he's a millionaire, so they're probably going to be like, nah, we, if anything happens. And with the great area that was happening last year, we didn't know when football was coming back. So he probably had to be ready to go, to go then and there. So, yeah, yeah man, it, it's, 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 yeah, it's tough. So, Genie, I'm, I'm actually very happy for him. Um, Coming to the end, I really wish he, we, we could have kept him. I felt like, you Same. know, as I was going to say, um, I feel like it's, for the type of player who he is, um, his his physique, he, how fit he is. And I personally think this over, over 30 stuff and they're finished, um, rhetoric is kind of outdated because we see nowadays how like advancements in sports have extended players' careers to the point where we can even say a player's peak is from what twenty-seven to thirty-two um, years old. I feel like we could have got another maybe one or two years out of him and then sold him on uh, maybe next uh, next year or the year after, and and he could have been a good. And I feel like he was overused by Klopp. And I feel like if we can go into this as well, sorry for talking for so long that. Um, uh, I feel like Klopp could have done and the club could have done a bit better to protect him from a lot of criticism. I don't think um, playing him 30, um, 35 games in the season, in the Premier League season, helped helped him a lot and with his performances and what he could bring to the table. I feel like there was a lot of games where, even I've said this before, you know, we could have relied on our bench a bit more. Klopp could have taken... So, and I do get this season was a very techie one. Yeah. Even going back to last season, though, I feel like we could have, you know, trusted in our other players a bit more or even giving Genie a lot less time on the pitch if he was starting. So yeah, like I feel like we do have some responsibility in, in especially going forward with this season, and we'll probably get into this as well. Like, like investing in some in some quality quality backup where we can say, okay, Genie can actually take some or a player like Genie who we're going to rely on can take some can take five or six games out of the season and just have a rest. Yeah, I mean, especially when you think about the emergence of Curtis Jones throughout last season as well. There were some prime opportunities to, you know, start Curtis Jones and a few of the you know, minutes that Ginny did have, just to give him a bit of a rest and make sure he was, you know, at a peak form as possible uh, for, for, for the rest of that season. And I think, you know, I, I had some, obviously, some criticisms of Wijnaldum, I think over the past two years, especially. Um, and it wasn't even to do with, like, the assists and stuff that people like to bring out. Oh, we didn't get assists for X, Y, and Z. I mean, just more the, the goal aspects of things, more than anything. Um it's one of those, and you know, I'm not expect I'm not expecting him to, to you know come out for Liverpool and be the same one Alden that he was for the Netherlands because that's just completely stupid. Those are two completely different players in completely different roles. Um, but I think my main frustration was that when he found himself in goal scoring situations, he didn't make the best of it, which then probably in turn could have forced the manager's hand to play him a little bit more further forward. And obviously, he felt those exact same frustrations. Um, and again, and that. Got to show you the kind of character and kind of man he is, really. That you know, he sacrificed a lot of his game, a lot of his game for this Liverpool team. And I find it funny how, like, I find it funny how people were trying to deny that um, he was he wasn't being held back. Like it's okay, you know. Like for example, the the difference, and I understand, I understand why he was held back by Klopp a lot. I'm not mad at it. Like, come on, you got you got a Premier League and the Champions League. Like, if you came when you got bought by Newcastle, if we told you that in five years you're gonna have a Premier League and a Champions League medal to your name, all you gotta do is not score a bit, it's not score in the assist a bit and just run and Bro, just run your fullbacks. Take that every day of the week. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not I'm not too mad. I I felt like I I do feel like um Ellis is Ellis has also alluded to this as well. There's been many, many oppor- not many. There's been opportunities where I felt like, you know, there's been once or twice in a game 
where he should have like tucked and like yeah you you feel like oh you should have hit the you should have hit the shot with more conviction but even then I, I've always said those games are few and far between like mm-hmm. he might he might get the chance to get a shot it to get a to, to get one shot or two shots in and even then he's kind of hesitating thinking should I pass it to Mane should I pass it to Firmino should I pass it to Salah as these guys are the front three and then that chance wouldn't happen for maybe five or six games again so that's muscle memory there you can't just like you can't just turn it off and turn it on. But then with Netherlands, you even see, um, you even saw with um in the Euros, he was relied upon a lot less to have the ball. And when he did have the ball, it was you know get 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 us a goal or assist or very action moments. And with Liverpool, he's not going to get that. So I wasn't too mad that he was neutered in this Liverpool formation. But I do feel like Klopp could have, and this is just me nitpicking. Klopp could have maybe got that side out of his game to help with goals, but. Hey man, a Premier League and a Champions League and two Champions League finals. Can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at that at all. Um, yeah, when he did have the opportunity to shoot a goal, he uh, scored some absolute top bins finishes, like the one he did against Wolves this season, which was an absolute screamer. Um, I do think he was funny before we kind of like wrap up uh, on this topic. I do think he was funny that you know he was being quite cryptic into saying you know. Uh, there, you know, there are reasons why I left Liverpool. Those reasons will become apparent, you know, later on. And then he had a lot of the lot of the people on Twitter saying, oh, "This is it. This is the one. He's going to expose FSG. We're going to be, you know, we're going to get everything. All the dirty laundry coming out." And then he basically said, "And actually, no, it was you bastards that a bit of a curse for it." You thought it was FSG? No, it was you pricks. Like you pricks were <laughs> But let's not lie. If FSG again offered him a nice one fifty a week. Who knows? So I'm, that's why also I'm taking that, oh, it was the fan stuff with a pinch, with like, yeah, of course, it's it's, it's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Like, let's, let's do yeah. it. To, but I mean, he would affirm it for an extra 50 grand a week. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And who wouldn't? So, yeah, man. No, I completely agree. I mean, and again, I'm not going to hold anything. For, I'm going to bring up one it was, more it was thing. Quite funny. No, go, go on. I was going to say, I also love in that interview, because I did see this part as well, how he said, oh, yeah, Klopp just told me to do the same thing. You know, against Barcelona at home? Yeah, when Klopp told me to come on, he just told me to do the same thing. I said, fuck that. I've done whatever the fuck I wanted to do. <laughs> I love that. I think that's sick. And Klopp probably thanks him for that. So, yeah, um, hold that genie. And th- again, thank you for being a very good servant at the club. You served us well for a good five years. So, yeah, man, sick guy. 1,000%, man. Uh, yeah. Achieved everything you wanted to achieve. Fantastic servant on and off the pitch for the club. Um, and I, he's one of the players where he leaves... And for me, I, I think for a lot of people, there probably is a little bit of ill will, seeing how they were calling him a money grabber at the weekend and stuff, which I thought was a little bit out of line. Do you think that's the case most Liverpool fans? I thought like we're, I maybe might be deluded. I saw some stuff over the weekend that were calling him a money grabber. And then I was kind of thinking, if you were offered the chance to get an extra 50 grand a week for doing the exact same job, you'd do it. And I, so. and I can guarantee you it ain't even 50. <laughs> It's probably next time. <laughs> Bruh, extra two grand a week. <laughs> yeah, two two grand a year, sorry. Yeah. Madness. Um, again, yeah, he did uh, you know show the hypocritical nature of uh of football fans and again Liverpool fans in particular. Um and some of some of you possibly do listen to this podcast, and some of you probably need to have a good long look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you may be a bit of a prick. Yeah, man. And, and this is not us saying listen, we use your platform to criticize and call guys shit because God knows if you follow me on Twitter, I lay it off. So I'm not saying that. Like, come on, man. We all have emotions and we're all entitled to our own opinions on the game. Yeah. Um, but don't go like into people's mentions and start and start atting them and start saying vile things, calling them money. And also he's gone. Like, yeah, and if he's uh, yeah, like stuff like money grabber, like, come on, man, this is a guy that worked for us for five, like let's be all like he was an employee of the club for five years, served us well. Um, literally brought us the greatest period that we've seen in the Premier League era that we've been waiting for for 30 years. Like, come and have some class. Like, I get, I get it. You're annoyed that he left for more money. God knows why you even care like a weirdo anyway. But have some class. <laughs> <laughs> have some class. <laughs> Completely agree. Uh, before we do continue, a quick message from our sponsors at Blue Wire. If you love listening to us here on Touchline Frackers, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no place better to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the programme, you'll receive personal cover art, 
Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about our favourite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the programme is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join join okay cool thanks for blue wire there for, for, for sponsoring if you're watching on the video that was a weird uh, weird cut there um, <laughs> um but yeah we're gonna move on to the next part we're gonna talk about um pre-season like you know, we learned a little bit earlier on julian pre-season seems to be going quite well for Liverpool. um it's nice to have most of the players fit and available. And by fit and available, I mean players who are out for long-term injuries. Um, it's very nice seeing Virgil on the pitch. I saw a good picture of him jostling with uh, the one and only Mo Salah earlier on today. Um, and we also heard that Virgil's going to be playing a small part in the friendly against Herper Berlin this Thursday. Um, the return of Virgil, how big and how crucial is this that he is looking to be possibly not starting at the beginning of the season, but he's going to be in the picture and in the frame to be contributing to this Liverpool team from the first go this season. Big, man. Big. Not only is Virgil the best defender in the world, um, he's the best centre-back I've personally ever seen play football. Um, uh, He's, of course, a leader, a personality on the pitch that we've been, of course, missing, uh, the quality we've been missing as well. Um, but after this injury, he looks from what I can see because you know we've seen a, a hundred and five um, videos of him running and defending and pictures of him because you know Liverpool, Liverpool, the Liverpool admin just you know loves to tease us. Um, he looks good, man, and I'm so happy that he's back. Um, we needed, we we need him. Like he is the big, big, big cog in our machine. Um, the possibly you know uh, uh, I would say a big part. Uh, not even a, possibly he is a hundred percent a big part of why we've been so successful. So to see him get some time on the pitch will be nice. I'm not like with this is preseason as well, so I'm not expecting too much. I'm not expecting him to you know give us you know a fucking Kieran in the Euro 2020 final. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like I don't want you putting your body on the line for preseason against Hertha Berlin. Yeah, it's still normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to see dragging Newt's back. You know, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to see stuff like that. I, I just want to see, yeah, man. Like it would just be nice to see you know just Virgil just strolling across the pitch as he usually does, cool as you like. Spreading the ball paws um, across the across the pitch, <laughs> you know. Yeah, even even a two man pod, we have to find the need. Yeah, yeah, you have, to, you have to, you have to, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about spreading balls here, and you're telling me <laughs> I can't. Yeah, true. Yeah, you got to pause. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's it's going to be nice. It's also it's also going to be nice. Of course, me being the the number one fan of Joe Gomez to see Joe Gomez back in due time. But Virgil is definitely the guy that we need. Uh, Matip, Matip and Canate um, look to be um, starting. Um, the, the, the first game of the season, which actually for some reason feels a bit weird. Like I don't think I don't know why, but I didn't envision that happening. Even with when we signed Kanate, but yeah, man, um, we're definitely going to need him this season. Um, I don't let let's manage the injury. It's a big, big injury. I'm not expecting the Virgil of old to come back straight away. I'm expecting you know yeah. a few mistakes maybe when he comes back to get to get up to speed as you would after a, a career for an injury actually. Um, he's definitely, and to be fair, with the, how this injury looks, he's never gonna. With what we've seen, he you never get back to your full strength or your full um, capacity. So let's just like, and but I still think we'll get a ninety percent of what we had before, and that is still streets ahead of probably every defender in the world. So let's see that, man. I'm I'm happy to see him back. Of course. No, I mean honestly, it's it's one of those things where. He- it's, it's an odd one. Like every single picture I see of him, kind of like training and kind of like getting back up to speed with the rest of the lads. You sit there and you think, this is nice. This is the content yeah. I want. This is the content I expect. Um, there's one trap I'm deliberately not allowing myself to fall into, and that is the trap of um, the Liverpool number eight, Naby Keita. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he looked all right against um, Mainz. And again, I'll caveat that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? He'll look all right. 
Because you know why he looks all right? Because he played 30 minutes. That's why. Yep. He played 30 minutes. That's that's why he looked good. 30 minutes in a cool game where there's probably no intensity whatsoever. I'm not falling into the trap. I mean, at this point, we're probably just going to run down his contract and just let him go on a free because, yeah, whatever. Whatever, Kate. Whatever, Nabi. Just show me what you've got in it. Give me, you know what? Give me five games in a row. Five games in a row. <laughs> and we'll talk. But I'm not. I'm not getting into it, man. Let's not fall into the trap. Me and you are smart men, Trish. This is true. Uh, this is one delivery. Not allowing myself to do it. I mean, he, he looked. He looked quite techy um, the other day. You know, taking on a few dribbles, beating a few men. I was like, okay. I'm not putting any form of um, stock into this whatsoever. But it's nice to see. Uh, <laughs> stock on your watch list. That's what you do. You got your neos. You got your teslas. You got all of that that you're invested in the prime bank <laughs> sellers. That on your watch list because yeah, those stocks are very volatile, very volatile. Yeah, man. I'm not even buying the dip on this one. I'm gonna wait to see if there's any form of um any form of green shoots to come out of it. I'll even I'll even be quite high. I will buy I'll buy it higher later and later, later I'm at, in the year. I might, even, I might even bet against it. I might even bet against it. I can't lie, I might bet I might buy a short. Can't lie to you. <laughs> that is how that is how you know, obviously. Yeah. Oscar award winning film on the subject. Uh, you know, a few 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 good men. Um no, born big money by betting short, so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, anyone else you've been impressed with him in preaching so far? I mean, one of the, one of the lads I've been quietly impressed with, um, and you know, I don't think he played at all in the league last season. Um, was Sh- is Shimakas? Yeah, yeah. Um, me, uh, I was uh, I was going to be on the pod last week, and I was going to actually mention that from what I saw, but he looked really good. Like <laughs> I said, like honestly, because compared to. What we saw in the in the in the 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 slight cameos that we got from him last season, he looked dosh. I can't lie to you. You you was ready to be like, yeah, I can't lie. We can sell him now. Like we're not going to do yeah. something. But I like what I see. I will not lie to you. Maybe you know he'll prove to he'll prove me wrong and be the 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 the, the, the backup left back that I, that we've been hoping for. But yeah, he looked really good. He looked up to pace. He looked like he was. You know you know what he looked like. He looked like a Robo light, like. He looked yes. like he's always prepared, prepared to bomb forward from the left, put crosses in, even though the crosses were, yeah, sometimes are good, sometimes shit, you know. The, the, crosses <laughs> were, the crosses were, yeah. But you know what? You know, you know, you know that Eddie Murphy um gift when he's scratching, he says like, yeah, I can work with this. Yeah, like that's that's what I was seeing when I saw Shimika. So I, honestly, I was very impressed with him. I'm another player that I was very impressed with as well, and. You can, I'm, 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 you know, I've got some stocks, you know, I'm buying, I'm buying, I'm buying the stocks low. Harvey Elliott, he looks like a proper, proper player, man. Like, I, I think you guys spoke about it last week, but I'm going to, I'm going to speak about it again. Um, Harvey Elliott, what has impressed me so much, and even from his time at Liverpool, and I feel like I even saw this before he went to Blackburn, he's a kid that wants it. He has that, and that's what I love about Curtis Jones as well. And that might be the new Liverpool DNA for you to actually come into this team and actually want it for you to succeed. Like, every time he gets the ball, like, and what I rate as well is that Salah kind of looks like he understands him. Um, the midfielders yes. look, like they, they look like they understand him. He looks like he can be, and, you know, this might be early shouts, but I can see shades of Coutinho, you know, that player that's playing on the wing, but still technical enough to bring it in, to bring it in the middle, play the right passes, Maybe even take a shot going going forward, but yeah, man. Honestly, all 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 I can personally say is that if this kid got maybe you know the Rashford or Greenwood treatment and was and was blooded into blooded into the side, I definitely feel like I've got a star boy on our hands. Him and Curtis Jones, they're good, very very good. Like, and I I never really speak about our talents like that, but Har- Har- um, Harvey Elliott really 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 impressed me. I would really like him to stick around, but I wouldn't be mad if he gets another loan move because he, he he's a player that needs. That needs games and he needs to shine. So I'm looking forward to him. And there's another player as well. Um, I think he was he's number fifty six. Clark, I think his name is. Oh yeah, he he looks alright. He looks alright. He looks he looked confident. He looked good. I liked him. Um, not going to say much because I I feel like he kind of got lost in lost in some of the games and the, and the opposition wasn't really respectable enough for me to write home about. But yeah, man, he he looks alright. Um, but Arigi's got to go, man. Fucking hell. He's so bad, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that yeah, but that those are who, who impressed me in um, preseason. I don't put much stock in preseason, but from what I saw, um, Harvey Elliott and Shimikas, they've got a place in the squad, and hopefully, um, Klopp, um, does put them in the deep end soon. 
yeah, there was the, the Harvey Elliott one. It's just it's just so interesting because even from just the limits in action we've seen in preseason, obviously he's been starting on that kind of that right hand side with Salah, like he said. They're on the same wavelength, which is just yeah. so interesting. Like they're trying ambitious balls to each other, they're training that one two connections, and you know sometimes they're not coming off, sometimes they are, and but they just look so in in, in sync, and it's just it's just really nice to see. Um, I think there was something earlier that I saw um, from James Pierce saying that you know with Shakiri looking like he's leaving uh, Harvey Elliott might be that kind of replacement for Shakiri's minutes. And you know what? That's not the, the worst thing in the world for me. Um, you know, honestly, um, Shakiri, even though we give him a lot of stick, the qualities that he's supposed to and could bring and that we see in minimal flashes, I definitely can see Harvey Elliott doing that. Like, Harvey Elliott is a very, very technical Agreed. player. And we don't, and that's the problem with wingers these days. We don't get many technical wingers. We get the, we get maybe the Grealish, the Fodens, who, and yeah, surprise, surprise, they're all English, where they're, you know, they're able to carry the ball. We don't really have that, um, unless I'm wrong. Like we have Moani, who can do it in very quick bursts. Salah's not really a, a ball to feet, so he can carry it forward kind of winger. He's a very, I want to be on the end of a, on the end of a cross. Very direct. Yeah. Very direct. We don't really have a ball carrier um, from our wingers, and I feel like Harvey Elliott can definitely bring that and some technical ability as well. One thousand percent, and I'm hoping you can do that, and it'd be really good for him to stick around and be part of the squad for this season. Um, no, looking forward to the next preseason game that is on Thursday. Uh, we'll be watching that one with bated breath, just to see the the, the reemergence of Virgil back into the Liverpool team, and uh, you know some of the lads that we mentioned earlier on. Um, not much really happening transfer wise. We've had a few outgoings. Obviously, Harry Wilson has now gone to Fulham. Um, you know, obviously, Marco Gurich gone to Porto. Um, a one year has gone to Union Berlin. Um, and it looks like obviously, like we said earlier, Shakiri's on the way out as well. Um, this would, I don't know, I said it like I was Italian then. This would bring in, uh, <laughs> this would um, bring in a few, uh, a few of the um, elusive homegrown players, uh, non homegrown player slots that we need uh, for the squad. Um, Julian, I'm, kind of, I'm going to let you kind of like do your soundbite here on the current situation in regards to transfers, because, like I said earlier on, it's I think it's all fair and reasonable stuff that you're saying. So I'm going to I'm going to let you have the floor in terms of the incomings that Liverpool possibly should be seeing from now to the end of the transfer window. Okay, I'm going to start this off with one word. And Chris, as a man of the group chat, I'm sure you know what word that is going to be. <laughs> Intent. <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest issue that I have with FSG. And if we're going to talk like men, like, come on, let's be honest, like, the fact that we've kind of shown, yeah, and to be honest, um, a lot of people listen to this and say, and a lot of people in the group just say, oh, but we bought Canate at the start of this. Listen, that was a no-brainer, which should have been done even last summer. Um, but and but it could have been rectified in January for us to give FSG praise for attacking a, a situation that we that we um, needed that we needed resolving. Um, I'm not giving them any plaudits for um, for scrambling Quebec on a loan and Ben Davis, who we're probably never going to see in a Liverpool shirt um, on the last day, um, to be honest, because it was kind of plugging gaps, which even then moving forward didn't look the best. Um, so yeah, them getting Canate at the start of the transfer window was kind of a no-brainer, so I'm not really going to applaud the fish for swimming, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, like, the, the problem, the, the, the big problem that I have is that there's just no show of intent. And even with the players that we've met, that we've mentioned over the last couple of months, this months, the Niehauses, the Vlahovic's, the Gravenberch's, which personally, you know me, you know, I know you, Krish. You're a man of your word. You're a respectable gentleman. Look at those other guys in the company, man. You actually watch these guys and you know what they could bring to the, to the team. But I've got to be honest, man, like a lot of people are kind of, and I've mentioned this before, like they're kind of giving FSG a leeway so they can be like, oh, you know, we've we've done this with Salah and Mane, diamonds in the rough, we're going to get these players. But if we really wanted these players as much as, you know, and I do get that, you know, uh, we work in a very secretive manner in transfer windows. I doubt that getting to the end of July, these transfers have not been wrapped up and they're giving you that much of an issue to get sorted. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I personally feel like. Like, yeah, even if, like, you know, we were, and I've also said, if we're going for a big transfer, which which involves many fees, many like agents involved, the club wants to keep them, the club is being stubborn. 
I can understand a long transfer saga that will take us up until maybe mid-season. I wasn't really impressed with the, how we conducted ourselves with Thiago last season with the 30 mil and just getting him in, I think it was maybe two weeks into the season um, or maybe a week into the season. I'm not, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but we've got him quite late. He's one of the two, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the two. Joe R, I get, maybe, you know, Wolves are probably driving a hard bargain because they were trying to keep him. Maybe you would know more about that than me. Um, I get maybe, you know, Premier League premium as well. But these players that we've been touted to get, I, I highly doubt that they're giving us these much issues, man. And if they are, that just goes to show that we're not great conductors of business. And if even if they are, like, what is the hesitation in bringing them before before even pre-season begins so they can... Bl- like, a lot of these guys probably didn't even go to the Euros. You can blood them into the squad. Get them, get them, get them in check because that's one big thing about Klopp as well. Klopp and his and his team as well. Like you, you're not just going to be able to unless you're a player of Thiago's quality or or Van Dijk's quality or Fabinho's quality to just come into a team straight away and get and even Fabinho he 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 needed he needed a good couple of months before he before he yeah was he did man because remember I remember when he first came I was scared for my life I, I thought we got another we had another Bakayoko on our hands so you need time with these <laughs> players <laughs> so yeah man I'm I'm a bit. I'm a, yeah, like the, the 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 fact that we're showing lack of intent is really really shocking to me, especially if all that's like we're resting on our laurels. And I saw this year report to be fair this week that we're um you know we've reached our capacity for um international players with yeah. um that's why Origi and Shakiri um but even then like, I feel like nah man I'm not I'm I don't feel like I can buy that I don't feel like I can buy you know. I personally feel like if Liverpool showed intent and said, listen, we're getting these guys, Vlahovic, Nihas, or whoever, Mbappe, whoever, we're getting them. If you want to stay here, you will not play football at this club. And that will, and that's what big, and to be honest, that's what big clubs do. They, they let players know, they make statements by signing these players and let them know, listen, you're not going to play. You can sit on the bench. You won't, you won't really get a medal or you can leave and go and play football somewhere else. And most professional, respected, respectable footballers that respect themselves, men, <laughs> toxic masculinity here. men will be like fuck this I'm out and especially some of these players that have won the Champions League and Premier League and you've done your thing man like Origi Shakiri, there shouldn't have been this much rigmarole with trying to get them out of the club like they should have been gone quite early maybe even not even even before the season so this, this uh, is why I kind of respect Shakiri to be fair because I think he's gone about it the right way as well as obviously he had a conversation with the manager and um, Michael Edwards and stuff and gone look I think it's time for me to leave. You know, I've you know, won Champions League, won the Premier League. I just want to kind of go and take the next step in my career and play more consistently. And I think he's done about it in you know, quite a fairly respectful yeah, and you know, sure. fair play. In, in one of those moments where you're looking and go, you know what, fair play. You want to go and be a starter somewhere else. I don't think anyone's going to hold you back from that, really. Yeah, you I really want... He had the Euros as well. So him leaving... I even said this as well. Like during the Euros, it's a techie time. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sure Shakiri wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna concentrate on the transfer. He was a main man at Switzerland, but that Arigi, do you get into? Him? Go on. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think it's it's quite interesting. I think he's a bit of a. I think he's an odd. He's a scrub. He can't play. <laughs> <laughs> he has no, small no. heads. He can't catch the ball. <laughs> um, I think he's just. He's just an odd fellow because you, you kind of look at his situation and what, and he's still fairly young. He's like, what, 25, 26 yeah. uh, in that age range? And he's one of the ones where you look and you think he could definitely be a very good player if he went somewhere else and got more of a consistent minutes. Let's say he, if he went Palace and was up front week in, week out for Palace, I think he actually be fairly decent. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, nah, uh, you know it's because Palace strikers, man, they're just so bad. Like they've yeah, not had true. a good striker. Not, <laughs> you know, I just don't think they 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 they're the striker kind of club. But I get what you mean. I definitely get if he went to somewhere like Aston Villa, I'm sure yeah. he could back more than Ollie Watkins. Like somewhere well, let's, like say, that. let's say if he went let's say if he went if he went Brighton. Yeah, he bag, bag. He, he bag because I mean I, we we've all seen Neil Moore pay and yeah. fucking hell. Um <laughs> he 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 bag there and there's a lot of creative players around him to create the chances that he needs to to, to, to finish off. Um but again, it's kind of it's a weird one when you look at him and you think he's shown a little bit of a lack of ambition, um, and he's comfortable in the situation that he's in. And again, fair, you know, in a way, you kind of look at him and think, you know what, fair play. He was offered a contract, he signed it, he's on X amount per week, and he's happy in the situation that it is. He's comfortable in himself to be playing only X amount of games per season. But 
I kind of, uh, it's a weird one where I want better for you than you want for yourself. And 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 to be honest, he and in and to be honest, I'm conflicted because he kind of earned the right with his with what he's done to bring us success to kind of take the piss a bit. I mean, like, I can, yeah. I'm gonna earn a bit. I'm gonna earn hundred k a week. And if you need me, you need me in it. Because boy, I scored in the Champions League final. I scored in the semi final. I scored some very important goals for you in the last seconds of the game. So boy, if you need me, you need me in it. Shout me when you need me. But I'm I'm of the I'm of the 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 stance now as a fan where it's like from what we've seen when you've come on over the like the last like God knows how long. I would say good part of eighteen months has been quite shocking. And you are, and the reason it's been quite shocking is because. You need game time, especially at your age. Like you yeah. can't. You, and to be honest, and, and let's be honest, even since he's come, even since he's come to Liverpool, and, well, he came to Liverpool. What nineteen was it or twenty? Yeah, twenty to twenty, twenty nineteen, twenty years old. You've never had a time where you were the main man in the team ever. And when you did, so he had that. So he, so he, so he did have that period. Obviously, when Klopp first came in, where he was the where he was the main man. But then he got that fairly bad injury, uh, the forcing yeah. out. And the season after, he played, he played a fair few games. The season after, and he was he was pretty decent. But again, with the way the Klopp obviously wanted to evolve the squad, playing yeah. Firmino up front and then doing all the you different things, tell, can, he's just not been capable of doing it. You can tell, you know, you can tell his even when he was getting his time um, up front, you can tell his time was limited there. You can tell like Klopp, this wasn't the the the, the strikers Klopp envisioned being in his final team for Liverpool. So even yeah. when he got his time, it was kind of a. I think you've got it. Who's in the gutter? We had Sturridge um all um forever on the on the injury but table. Firmino was kind of finding his way between a number ten and being a striker. And the was literally and Benteke was of course not going to play for Klopp, so <laughs> it was kind of stuck in a hard place where we had to kind of rely on Origi. And fair play to him, to be fair, got what 13, 14 goals in the season, done pretty well. But it's got to the point now where it's like you're twenty six, you you're you're very you're very limited, and from what we've seen. You're not even someone that offers what we want, and we would rather invest that time and that energy that we're putting into putting giving someone someone else minutes. Like we, well, I looked at that Vlahovic you and the seven goals he scored. He kind of reminds me of a young Eden Dzeko. Maybe I'm wrong because you've watched him more than me. But... So that was one of the comps I had for him. So I don't know if you remember yeah. him before all the injuries and stuff, but remember Stefan Jovetic? Yes, yes, yes. Reminds that... me a lot of. A Jeko Jovetic kind of hybrid because he's got he's got the legs as well, which is mm-hmm. interesting. I miss, I miss those type of strikers that are bagsmen, but they're good with their feet. Like they're yes. not a, they're not the type of striker that's going to run forward with the ball and like beat defenders. But when they get the ball, they're very tidy with their feet. They can find the corner and just stick it in. But he he still seems very raw. Like he like of course he's twenty one. I think I've twenty one twenty. Um, yeah, he he still got like he he gives me shades of like Haaland at Salzburg when it comes to that rough and raw finishing and that rough like you need some refining around the edges but from what I saw and this and I'm not going to act like I've watched the full season I saw those seven goals that he scored in pre-season <laughs> and that's what I, that's all I've got Niehaus and Gravenberch to this day I've never watched a good 10 minutes of them so I can't even say but Vlahovic yeah. I definitely feel like he's a work in progress and he's someone that I that will actually offer something different if he was if he was with us so yeah, man, that's the most you're ever going to hear about me talk about Vladovich until if he ever signs, until if he ever signs. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think don't know. I, I think that's I think that's fair as well. And you know, I, I I've watched him. I say fair bit. I, I watched him from kind of like turn of the year and stuff. Um, so you know, he plays, and it's one of those ones where you can look at him. Obviously, he's, the most important thing is that he bags goals, and they're very good goals as well. The proper strikers' goals. He's got shots yeah. that he can take from range. He's active within the eighteen-yard box. He's in those scenarios with balls drop. And again, he's in, he's also interested in build-up play too, certain aspects, which is one of the things you like to see. And I mean, you're very spot on with what you said when you said he's he's quite raw as a footballer. But I think there's a lot of the key tools there the club likes in a striker that he can definitely work with. Um, in this era, I believe we're too concerned with build-up plays. We don't have yes. raw strikers. We're losing the recipes, like <laughs> we we need the young like, strikers today. They're not learning from mom how to score. We're losing recipes. <laughs> All they want to do is pass, build up. We're losing the recipes. Like, honestly, <laughs> like I can think of like maybe what three, 
and that's shocking compared to the mid two thousands and even like kind of the early tens. Or oh, was we talking pure bagsman? Yeah, pure bags. Like I just want, I want goals. None of this. I'm so, a link. So a. lower, lower, so lower. Obviously, mm. Aguero. Um, I'll probably say. Uh, and Harlan. Mm, Aguero. He's kind of he. I, I get what you mean, but he's not of that level. Yeah. So I'll be. I'll say. I'll say Lewandowski, Haaland, and Lukaku's got an ISO game now, but he's all about goals as well. So I, 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 I'll put a category that there's not many like I want goals strikers anymore, and uh, that's a bit sad, man. It's a bit sad. Like Kane is a good hybrid because he will get goals, but there's still games where he feels like he can be like a fucking number ten slash force nine all that. But I need. I'm like, tired. Like World Cup final, for instance. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm tired of these, like, oh, he needs to build up with Salah and Mane and link up with the wingers. I want a bagsman. You know them guys that shoot, and when, when it hits the back of the net, you hear the f- Them, man. Not, not, not sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I miss those yeah. guys, bro. like Jekos, Agueros, Ruvan Nisaroyes, Torres, uh, Drogba's, like, come on, man, these bagsmen. We don't get that no more. I feel like that Vlahovic has shades of that. No, I completely agree. And it's a sad art to see the kind of the, the traditional number nine kind of go to waste. That's why I kind of like love seeing the mobile big man. Yeah, I like I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a weird I'm a weird man, you know. Like I like seeing lads that are over six foot four who have good touches on the ball but can also slap it in the top of the in top bins as as a number I, nine. Honestly, that's why I appreciate guys like Helen. <laughs> and like once he refines his game, he'll become a lot more easier to watch. But when he yeah. shoots, like you like there's not many strikers out there nowadays where you feel like when they shoot, they're going to score. Yeah. Like, and it's weird that we're actually saying that. Like, for as great as and as talented as footballers have become in terms of other aspects of the game, we hardly have any where you feel like if this guy gets to gets the gets the ball, turns and shoots, it's a hundred percent going in. And if it doesn't, wow, I'm surprised. Like, we don't really have that anymore. I feel like Ernie Haaland is Doctor Giroud's greatest creation. He's definitely an yeah, android. That's, that's, that's for that's, sure. <laughs> before we end uh, before we end the pod I want to get your opinion on what would be the perfect the perfect end to this window for Liverpool Mbappe that's it no Fair. I'm joking uh, no no I'm joking <laughs> um, um, I would like a DM um, uh, I would like mm-hmm. pursue someone that, like a Basuma or Ndidi like I'm not would you like would you like Saul I'm going to be honest with you yeah uh, no no uh, I don't know enough. I, I can, I, I under, like, from what I can imagine his player profile being, and from what limited amount I've seen of him, he's a hard worker. He's someone that is going to cover the fullbacks. He's, he's someone that can listen to instructions and is like tactically turned on. So, yeah, that would clock to a T. So, I would, from what I, from what I believe the type of player he is, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert, but from, you know, him working on the Simeone, I can imagine what that is like. But as a DM, no, I, 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 I'm not sure. I need like, I need a DM that's that can solely like. If for example, our 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 sentiments are up in the field. If he's left alone, stranded on the island, he can find his way out of it. And I feel like only like Basuma and Didi are those type of DMs that you can find in the league that are a bit attainable. Maybe not in Didi. I'll say Basuma, and I would like to see another number nine, um, or a winger that can play. Uh, like like Joe, uh, that can alternate between being up front and playing on the wing. I wanted a right back, but I got to be honest, the market is dire out there. It's it's like it's like the girls with it's like the girls um in Love Island. Like now they're waiting for the the guys like a Castle Moor. Like this barren, it's <laughs> barren. Little Love Island there reference for the, for the girls listening. Um, and the yeah, the only uh, the only right back to see are Hugo's, and that's bad. Yeah, like I I I don't know is bad, but I'm not. I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, fucking not FSG. You should have got a right back. You know what I mean? Like, I can, I can, I confirm yeah. it. So yeah, I'll say DM and a number nine for me will be a good window, but I'll still have my criticisms of the timing and how long it's taken to get these deals done, especially if it's not a, uh, uh, if it's if it's not players that I believe would would have given us a lot of stress um, yeah. in terms of in terms of the transfer negotiations and stuff like that. No, I think that's I think that's completely fair, and I think all the criticisms you do have as well of you know the way that we're doing business this summer are ex- extremely valid, and I think you know hopefully they are players that you know 
are worth the wait when they do arrive, um, hopefully in the near future, because good Lord, I know that we need the content. So let's hope <laughs> starts, like, start coming through the door as soon as possible. But um, Honestly, if, if, you, if, if we don't sign anyone um, uh, on, the last, on the last week of the transfer window, the company men versus NWO will be a, a peak episode on, on Copy and Fracas, I'm telling you. It's just going to be bare floggings. Bare. Yeah, so Survivor Series is normally November, but it will be uh, in August this year. Yeah, so uh, that's how that will go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good place to wrap it up, Julian. Um, no idea how the two-man power trip have managed to fill up an hour's worth of content. Um, this was the Iron so Man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we've got a full man. distance, yeah, you know. Come on, man. We've done this. <laughs> you know how we do it. It's, it's Copper and Fracas. It's your host, Chris. It is Julian. Thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode. We'll be back next week. But if you do want to hear us a uh, little bit more detail, a few more episodes a week, then do head over to the Patreon page and subscribe from just as little as £3 per month, not per week, per month today. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Copper and Fracas and sign up today. But until next Wednesday, we will see you soon. Take care. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.